This past weekend, I was able to go to QuadCon, a show I'd never been to before, that is located, this particular event was done in the Olympia Events Center in St. Charles, Missouri, which is a uh, suburb, I believe, of St. Louis. I had been planning for a while to go up there. Um, I was really happy that my brother decided to, to uh, come along with me to this. And uh, from from where I live, it's about a four-hour drive um, to get there. But I was really looking forward to it. And uh, But it became more than just going to the show. And uh, I'll dive right into that after I do the uh, opening. So this is Radio 74, and I am Mario the Artisan Rogue. This is my little one-man monologue podcast that I do that covers happenings and things that I go through. Sometimes it's about art, sometimes it's about mental health, sometimes it's about other things. And um, I try not to ramble on, but I fail miserably at that every single time I do these. <laughs> so bear with me. Let's uh, let's see how this one goes. So with QuadCon... Um, for um, for anyone that doesn't that's listening to this that doesn't go to comic shows or anything else like that, um, they they can be a uh, mixed bag. Sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not so great. Big, small varieties, you know. Um, everything from anime to pop culture events to um, maybe some that are more devoted to specific genres or themes like particular science fiction type convention, maybe a Trek convention, Star Wars celebration, or a furry convention. This one, QuadCon, was kind of I, the best description I had. When when uh, when we got there, uh, there was already, we man. First of all, let me preface this by saying, if you follow me on IG, you've seen a few of these photos. Um, I left just around five o'clock in the morning. I was on the road around four, four or five o'clock in the morning. And um, because the show started at 10, it's about a four hour drive. And I was trying to think about like all the things that could go kind of crazy Would the weather get a little weird, which thankfully it didn't. It was very, very, very wonderfully nice, clear day. Um, but it was driving into the sun from Kansas City. <laughs> and then in the evening, I was driving right back into the sunset. Um, the The drive was fine. Got up there. No problem. Actually made it five minutes after the show started at 10 a.m. And when we get in there, everything's great. You know, I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed. Like, I think my brother had some, you know, like, oh, God, is this going to be like a little one-room thing, maybe 20 vendors or something, and just walls of pop vinyl figurines and that sort of stuff. And thankfully, that wasn't the case. We got there, and it had the best, the best way I can describe this is really like this. It had a real... um I use the term car boot sales, but like a something like a, a flea market meets a craft show meets a comic book convention. And in no way, shape or form am I saying any of those things in a negative connotation. Not at all. Um, we get there and it was five bucks to get in, pay the cover, get in there. And it was great. It was really cool. Um, the, the So. First of all, let me preface this by saying I had gone there with a little list in, in my phone organizer on specific items I was looking for. And um, 
I found none of them, <laughs> but I did end up finding some other things that worked out really well. So I was very happy about that and wheeled and dealed and did some different things. One of the things I did have on my list was at the top was, uh, there's a, uh, a YouTube personality who's really big into toy history, collecting all these other things. He does, um, a couple of different series. My favorite that he does is, uh, is toy explosion and it's, it covers like a lot of, it's a deeper cut into a lot of. Uh, toy lines and I I'm really looking forward to the fact that he seems to be doing more of that sort of thing uh, I finally got to meet pixel Dan at this show and I supported him before on patreon and followed I, I watch his videos consistently he's um, thankfully when I met him in person really 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 nice patient fun guy uh, he had some of his collection there for sale and my brother quickly bought some of the stuff. Um, so now he has toys that had once been owned by pixel Dan. And, you know, he was like, you know, not opening these. This is a little you know, a little memory of us having gone to QuadCon, And I thought that was really cool. And, um, so the reason I'm talking about this show is not just because of the fact that I had gone to it and it was, you know, it was really nice to be able to, to get out of the Kansas city area and kind of see a show, uh, for the first time in a long time in another area. And granted, it was still in Missouri, but it was over in the St. Louis area, which quickly begins to get the Chicago demographic and some of that other east eastern area pulled into it. But the drive, I had two hours where I was driving by myself, right? Um, initially, the the first part of my journey in the morning and then the, la- the last hour of my journey home. And... Um, it gives me a lot of time to think about things. And I know that, um, you know, as time passes and as things move on, I get much more introspective as I get older. I think that happens to everybody. This is nothing special. So I'm not feeding you guys any wisdom on in a can or anything else like that. I'm just kind of uh, giving you guys the details of what was going through my head. Well, as I was getting up there, I kind of did wonder what the show was going to be like. Now, I re- now. If you've been listening to this, you've heard me talk about how Nakacon was. And, you know, they have the mask mandate and that other sort of stuff going on. When we got up there, it was something that started to settle in on me, you know, about what the new norm in life is. You know, um, I've got quite a few things that are going on, you know, personally, professionally, all this other stuff. Right. And I think about how differently things were even two, three years ago right? I think that goes for everybody, really. I think for me, though, it's a little bit more sharp because I do create content. So it's something to scroll back through either Instagram or, I mean, I didn't even start TikTok that long ago, but to look back at some earlier videos or YouTube, you know, especially because that's one platform I've been on the longest and kind of go back and look at some old videos, some other stuff like that. And it is a weird, it is a weird thing, right? Um, I, a lot of the thematic stuff that I'll cover in these episodes usually deals with time passing or looking back or, you know, even some level of nostalgia for how things were. And in this case, there's a very sharp relief about how different things truly have become. Um, because in, in getting to the show, I, you know, there was a lot of things that were on my mind. Like I was, you know, um, getting my brother from my parents' house and, uh, and, you know, just thinking about 
you know, the age of my parents, how, what things are right now, you know, like living in the now. This has been something that came out big time for me um, in the last session that I had with my therapist, like really thinking about like, you know, just be, just be aware, be present, live right now, live life to the fullest extent you possibly can within reason, of course, you know, but fully. And because of that, I try to really incorporate a lot more presence of mind. I stay off my phone. Um, even though I was like, well, here's a good example. Even though I was in a new area, I didn't pull it, my phone out to like play Pokemon go or check my email or anything. I didn't care. I actually turned off the phone signal and only used my phone to record a little bit of video, take a couple of photos. That was it for later usage. But I otherwise didn't really want to engage with my phone virtually in any way. I didn't want that virtual environment kind of coming into the one day that I had to really go and enjoy a show with my brother. And it was really nice to walk around and take a look at stuff. Now, most of the vendors at the show, kind of jumping back into the whole thing about the show, if you're into um, vintage toy collecting, if you're into comic books, if you're into, you know, doing some cosplay, the show is great for all of those things. There were a myriad number of different vendors, a few artists there, and um, some really, really cool uh, finds throughout the thing. Um, I damn near came close to buying the Death Star playset. There was a few things like that. just, But it was interesting to you know talk to vendors and stuff. And while I was there, I also tried my best to um, to pimp two, two games that I've got coming out soon uh, through Brass Engine Games. They're, they're uh, the brainchilds of, uh, of my friends David and Ben. Um, one of them is one that we recently had reworked and it's uh called panacea the labors of uh, an alchemist and then there's another one a cyberpunk game coming out later after that one called pure now these are games that you know we put a lot of work into so anytime i get to go to a show i was trying to show people you know just not like coming on with a sales pitch but showing people when i could and and talking about the games and that sort of thing just in passing you know we had quite a few hours there, so I managed to name drop it a couple times, show the PDF on my phone, that sort of thing. And in going through all those same motions, I began to realize like how much my life has changed in a lot of different ways, right? Both good and bad. But there was something about the freedom of getting on the road, and even though a lot, you know, a good six hours of that road time was in great conversation with my brother. You know, first on the way up there talking about, oh, what are we going to find? What's the show like? What's Pixel Dan going to be like? Um, you know, are people going to be wearing masks or not? What's the mandate? You know, that sort of thing. We were going to wear masks no matter what, and we're both vaccinated. And then, um, you know, like, what were, what were our budgets? Where do we plan on eating? What, how, you know, all these little things you just kind of figure out on an impromptu sort of, you know, trip. And um, And then on the way back home, you know, you spend enough time hanging out with a sibling, at least in my case, especially my brother, you end up talking about family and friends and circumstances and opening up, right? Because you, you got you got hours that you're stuck in a truck together, a vehicle or whatever. And, um, and I think that drove home the point of the, the parade of time for me even more, the change. So I guess what this particular episode is probably going to revolve around is just how that felt for me, right? Because this is something that um, 
I've had to come to terms with. The older I'm getting, the more I'm looking at things like this is this is going to call up a, a theme from a, quite an earlier episode dealing with idea debt. And there's quite a few things that sometimes I get really, really upset, really remiss about because I don't know how you guys are on this, but there'll be plenty of times when I have like this, I have a couple of documents on my computer and um, some notes saved on my phone and there'll be ideas, you know, books I want to write, stories I want to tell, things I'd like to do. I like to say that it's not so much a bucket list as much as it is a cup of wishes. And that cup of wishes is usually pretty small for me, you know, but it's still overflowing with so many things that I'd like to be able to get done. And the one thing that happened was I found that going to the show and being able to, you know, introduce myself to people, talk to people, um, make exchanges, you know, like, and kind of like go back and forth on price on things. For what it was worth, it made me feel really alive. It really kind of put me in a nice place of of mental strength where I was like, you know, things feel okay. They feel somewhat normal again, whatever that is, right? And um, But then in that same breath of thought, it made me think about all the things that I've been either reluctant to do, hesitant to do, or had more than a multitude of second guesses applied to whatever pursuit it is. And there are game designs, um, stories, all these things, like I mentioned earlier, that I really want to get done. But then there's the whole thing of what responsibility and time and change will do to a person. On one side, and, and here, so I'm going to give you guys an ex- a really good exacting example of this. I know that if I'm trying to make my business move forward, if I'm trying to find more clientele, if I'm trying to find more income, more things to do in to keep a steady flow going, it is it can't be a gunshot reaction of, well, let me just like promote myself like crazy here for like a few weeks or a few days or whatever. It has to be a slow and steady rise that is filled with enough momentum to be able to carry me forward. Um, Conversely, I also have to be able to work on things that will bring in money in the future or immediately. So I can't neglect current clients. And recently, even in going to the show, even though like it was a nice day to go and relax and do all this other thing, and I still tried to promote stuff. And I, I took a little, you know, sheaf of business cards with me. I still felt like the management aspect of my personal time versus work time versus trying to stay on target with things still seems really rather muddled. Now, that all being said, there are some really cool things that have happened that really made me rethink those aspects and go, you know what, I can't control everything, but I can evoke a sense of... um, of understanding of where I am exactly and how I can best move forward. The truth is we're only given a certain amount of time in this world, right? Now I could sit here and do like I normally do and worry my ass off about what the hell tomorrow is going to hold. I have no idea. I know that tomorrow I've got a therapy session in the morning 
with the new counselor or the new therapist that I have. Um, and then the rest of the day after that is pretty freaking open for me to get the rest of my stuff done. But over the weekend, I was really stressing because I had gotten some freelance work in late on Friday and I only had Saturday to get it done. It was a bit harder than I thought it was going to be. It was a little bit more than stressful. So, you know, in my head, I was really fighting. I was having an internal battle about the fact that, you know, I got to get up at four. I got to get ready. I got to, you know, uh, check to make sure I'm not forgetting anything, pack my bags. So, you know, like in the event there's an emergency, you know, I've got a flashlight, I've got medications, I've got my medicine for my diabetes, you know, just whatever, right? All these things I, I like, and uh, let me bring some drinking water with me. <laughs> like just, you know, it, it was crazy. It felt like I was going right back to Yellowstone and really it was just a trip, but a four hour trip one way is still a long way, right? And so anyway, um, when, when that sort of thing happens, I, uh, I, I think that a lot of my struggles is they come from the fact that the more time I allow myself to think about things, they can go one of two ways. They can either end up where I will end up overthinking everything or I will do my best to bury it at least for a little while. And in this case, I didn't want to feel guilty about the fact that I hadn't been able to complete my freelance. I didn't want anything to get in the way of going to QuadCon because it was going to be time to spend with my, with a member of my family, my brother, who's, uh, who's somebody that I share a ton of hobbies with from comic books to toy collecting, to model making, to you name it, just a lot of things like that. Um, and there's a good nine years or so in difference in age between us, but that, you know, that's always been something we've had in common is our love of our hobbies. And so that was really cool to be able to, you know, kind of have bonding time over that. And and it was a really important lesson to me in the fact that I could have just really sat there and worried about what I had not gotten done and what I wasn't able to get to project wise, or I could just live in the moment and really enjoy what was happening right there. And I did. I, I'm glad that I did the latter and I did turn off my phone, you know, signal and, and I just was there for that time. You know, it was great. I even got like, it was really cool when we met, when we met Pixel Dan, I, um, I asked him, could we get a photo? And I ended up buying his book. It, it his book on masters of the universe is freaking phenomenal. I'm a couple pages in already. And, um, I'd already seen it a couple of times. Some friends of mine do have it and it, it is uh, one hell of a publication tome. It's an amazing thing for a first publication like that. That is massively cool. Um, but he signed the book and my plan is, is that I had, I'd gotten, um, his pixel Dan's younger brother. I believe it was his younger brother was there at the show and I handed him my camera and we got a couple photos taken. So I was going to take one of them and print it out and put it in the book as just a reminder of what was really important about that day. Yeah, it was cool that I found some really neat stuff, right? Some new additions to my collection and stuff like that. And, you know, I won't bore you guys with the details, but, it, you know, and there were some really special moments. And then even getting to talk to other vendors and things was really great. But having that moment to meet, you know, an Internet personality that I really, uh, whose content I really enjoyed, and also sharing that moment with my brother, who was just as not as as, as ecstatic, if not more so than I was, to meet Pixel Dan was really cool. And having that photo of the three of us standing in front of Pixel Dan's uh, table, you know, um, I'm going to take that and I'm that's the only thing I'm going to add to the book 
is right underneath where he put a signature and dedicated the book to me. Um, he's going to, or sign, dedicated the book, sign the book to me. Um, I'm going to put that photo there. And even the action of that is an acknowledgement, I believe, that I don't do enough of in life. I mean, how many times do, you know, let me, let me put a question out there for you guys. How many times do we really take that moment to not necessarily have a physical memento, but at least take the time and the effort to make it completely evident how momentous even the most mundane thing can be because of who and what and where it is. If you go on a camping trip and you take your whole family with you, the memories you build around a campfire, setting up a tent, the sighting of some wildlife, learning how to tie a knot, those things, those are the stories you tell later around the dinner table, around another campfire, generations later to somebody else that's never even, there, you know, that was never there to begin with. Um, and I realized that some of the struggle that I had professionally trying to get past the preparation for storytelling was because I hadn't really let myself imbibe in those moments. And I didn't, in some circumstances, I didn't really have those moments, right? Because I was so focused on what I needed to get done and do, which is great, which is fine, and which is necessary to keep an aspect of professionalism for your clients, for your boss, for whatever, right? But there has to be a moment some some clarity where you look at life and you say it's okay however the chips may fall and i'm going to do everything i can to live this moment to appreciate everything there is right now because and as much as i hate to use this term or not this term but the saying that my dad always says is like you know before you know it in the blink of an eye you're going to be like 90 years old. You know, he'd always say that. Like, when I was younger, he would always tell me that. I'd be like 16, 17 years old. He's like, you know, before you know, you're going to be my age. Well, now I am, you know? <laughs> like, or I mean, you know, I'm not his age, but I'm like the age that he was talking to me about at that point. And what's really so uh, so weird about this, the the really strange part for me is this. I never thought... Because, like, here's the thing. I, you know, nobody knows how long we're going to live. That, yeah, the only guarantee you is that you have in life is that someday you're going to die. That is, when you're born, that is the only guarantee in life you were given. Not success, not love, not anything else. Death. Period. That's it. As soon as you're born, you're dying. That's the bitter, ugly, real truth of it. And this isn't to be macabre. This is just what it is. And I realized something about that, speaking about that, um, that tenuous mortal coil aspect is that when you get to an age where you can perceive that less of your life is ahead of you and more of your life is behind you at least you know percentage wise you know chances wise you begin to look at life in a whole totally different thing right I think that the average age of an American is probably mid-80s or something. So it's fair to say that by the time you're 45, you have lived the vast majority, if not easily half of your life. You know, 
as organisms, that's what I can voluntarily accept in my head. Now, the conundrum comes in, for me, at that point, it's like, well, this kind of sucks, because if I'm already having some existential dread and anxiety about that aspect now, what is it going to be like when I'm in my 50s, when my 60s, when I'm in my 80s? And although I try not to think about it too much, there's still a there's still a bit of unnerving um, reality that I have to face. Well, that was something that had been holding me back for a long time. And I think a lot of creative people tend to go through that. Like, what is your legacy? What are you doing? What What is it going to look like? And Or maybe I'm just the only nutcase like this. But I know for a fact that, you know, that you'll get people that are like, oh, don't worry, you know, 30 is the new 20, 40 is the new 30, 50 is the new 40. No, it's not. No, it's not. 40 is 40, 50 is 50. Shut up. And I don't even, I had to, oh my God, I hiccuped when I laughed. I didn't even, like, I don't even mean that in a really bad way. I just mean that in a common sense way with the age. Um, because, because quite frankly, um, you know, I think that it gives you some levity. It allows you to embrace what there is, right? The finality of the factor. And so I'm going to end with this metaphor on this. After thinking about that and dwelling on that and accepting all these things, as I walked around in a room that was filled with quote-unquote vintage stuff, toys, uh, accessories, things, um, callbacks to the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, right? Things that happened and were created decades ago. I have now in my collection a few items. I'm looking at them right now. They're sitting over uh, to the left of me that had previously been in other living rooms, collections, probably well-loved by some kids, you know, in the 80s and 90s, right? Well, now they belong to me, and I'm going to clean them up, and I'm going to add them to my little collection that I have here in my studio. Now, I guess what I take from that is this. I um I accept that time and change happens and that that is something that is inevitable, right? And it truly is what do you do with what life you have left? I always come back now, especially that I've been able especially now at a time when I've been able to overcome a lot of my depression, thankfully. Thankfully. Um and now I'm focusing on the the multitude of other things I have challenges and stuff I have to work through. Um, what does it mean to, to move forward and be able to now unpack all of those other things that were hiding underneath the depression? What does that mean? Because I don't want to ever go back to that. Once you actually kind of get out from underneath depression, you don't want to ever go back to that. You don't ever want that bleakness. You, you want to be able to, for lack of a better term, live out in the sunshine, you know, be able to breathe and and seek and look and say, and and act upon things and do things and maybe have a second childhood, maybe celebrate a more full adulthood, whatever you want to label it, call it. It doesn't really matter. It's just words, you know, it's the emotions. It's the actions you do that really, really count. And I know that personally, I've been trying to become a better person and do more, be more active um, and, and overcome a lot of insecurities and second guessings I have. 
Because if not, I'm never going to see like what I was talking about earlier, these books, these ideas, these stories. Now, speaking of stories, and this is where I'll end it, because of the fact that I wasn't really willing to deal with the finality of the mortality, and there's there's a whole bunch of other things I have to unpack with that, um, because it's a little bit more complex for me than, than most people would probably have it be. Um, I'm not, not a special case. I've just been through some strange things. Um, but because of the fact that I never really wanted to deal with the idea of, you know, there's a finite aspect. And then after that, like, what's next, right? And I don't mean, like, in an afterlife format or anything else like that. I mean, you know, what really does happen? How do people remember you? What does that sort of thing go? And then it really hit me what that meant. So I'm going to end with this. There was one comic book I ended up picking up. Um, it's a character through DC called Warlord. He's a guy that um, it's been some years since I've read all of them. Um, but I used to collect the book when I was younger. My dad used to buy it for me all the time. Every time I was sick, he would buy me comic books from the AFI store. And uh, I have a ton of these old Warlock books. Later, I ended up working with a writer and an artist on that book. Um, not for DC. They worked at a studio um, with me some years. It was crazy. Um, at any rate, I read one of the Warlock books that I picked up for a dollar. Um, it was actually on a trade. And, um, and it struck me how, even though this was a story about Warlock, um, or Warlord, a character that I know very well, most anybody could pick it up and get that it's a high fantasy book. And the story was very well self-contained, had a beginning, a middle and an end. You didn't really need to know the mythos, the motivation of the main character's story arc or anything. This was just another day in the life of a slice of life per se. And then I, it hit me how I had been refusing for life to exist like that. Like to wake up one morning, get some stuff done. And of course, there's other things that continue on the next day. We're human. So we have continuing lives. We're not fictional characters. But I realized something that had haunted me since college. I always looked at not only my life, but my creative endeavors as having to be a necessary continuation and finding this, this golden goose, this Ark of the Covenant, per se, that, this, that would answer, that would be the be-all, end-all, right? The ultimate thing, the Omega, whatever. And the truth is, is that there should be multitudes of those, right? You should have a lot of projects you work on. I mean, I can honestly attest to that in this way. I've had more jobs than most people my age would probably have ever had by this time. And I mean, some of them were because places closed or I quit a couple. I got let go. Um, some were contractual, whatever. And I didn't really ever look at them as much of anything, but a failure because I could never either last or a company had shut down or maybe I wasn't, you know, I was only good enough for contractual work. And I really went through a really deep spate of depression and self doubt that I'm still reeling from. But then when I started thinking about the fact that, you know, the very stories that I love are episodic and they have content and um, themes and story arcs that that truly do follow like the hero's journey and that sort of thing. 
And then on top of that, also getting the Heroes Journal, which was a um, a journal that it's wonderful. If you ever get a chance, check that check them out. They're amazing. Um, there's a lot like them, but the, this one specifically I got attached to because of the artwork and the design and everything behind it. They helped me understand that I didn't have to be so hard on myself. We always want to do a lot of things in life. I would have loved to have been able to stay a stand-up comedian and maybe go into theater more. I would have loved to have been an archaeologist. You know, a lot of things like that. But I'm not that guy. That's probably not in the books. And that's okay, right? But the beauty about being able to be creative, whether that's, you know, making podcasts, comic books, drawing for your own pleasure, or sculpting a toy, building a building, it doesn't really matter. The fact is, is that there is a beginning and an end to that. And I think that once you begin to realize that there are finite aspects, microcosms, if you will, in life, everything else becomes a little more clear about what you're supposed to do day to day and how much more we should all be enjoying life for what it is. I don't mean that in some hippy-dippy bullshit kind of way. I mean that in, in the best positive possible way I can. Because I know that for myself, I would often leave that bit of happiness out for myself because if it, it had to be all or none, right? Well, my career's got to be going good. I got, I, my, my truck can't be jacked up. Um, everybody I know has to be completely well-off and well-employed and not sick and all these other things. And that's just not how life is. And just like fictitious characters that end up with you know antagonists and all of these challenges in their journeys... Many of them that begin and end in the same day or within an hour or just a comic book issue, we have those things to try and overcome in our daily lives. You can't predict the future, and you certainly can't tell when something's about to go, uh, you know, all ass backwards with an issue of some kind. You know, it happens. Life is chaotic. That's that's the big thing I've really started to understand. We'd love to think that there's a lot of order in life. But the truth is, is that, you know, life is chaotic. And I've come to understand that more and more in my life. So, I don't know. Food for thought, guys. Thank you for listening. I am Mario the Artisan Rogue, and this has been Radio 74. You can always find me on different platforms and stuff. I will start updating my YouTube channel soon. I've got some ideas for what I'm going to do with that. Um, I'm, I've got two blogs that I'm going to be updating. I will be finishing the Yellowstone entries. <laughs> That's finally going to get done. And uh, I have a review of NakaCon going up, and then a small one about QuadCon, and um, a few other things that I'm going to be adding onto the website. So that'll be fun. But thank you for listening. It has been a blast as normal to talk my head off to a microphone and hoping that you guys really enjoy what I'm doing on here. If you get the chance, I will be posting a link on social media again for this. The second part of an interview that I did with my buddy Matt from Wormhole, from his podcast, which I'm probably going to get the name wrong on that. I wish I'd pulled it up, but I believe it's Wormhole Productions. I could be very wrong. Matt, don't kill me on that. Um, is happening. Also, if you're on Kickstarter and you're looking for a good game um, that is going to be coming out, please, please check out Panacea. The Labors of an Alchemist. Uh, the design is amazing and beautiful. We put a lot of damn work into it, especially Ben. Like, 
the, the you need to check out like the higher tier rewards on this thing. It's going to be primo. And I am very much looking forward to possibly carrying that game at some future shows next year when I go to them. So that'll be really interesting and really cool. I'm hoping to have them at NakaCon, actually, which should be really fun. With that, thanks for listening, guys. And I will catch you in the next episode.